Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Gazetta. Yay! Yay! It's the show before the show. Yeah. Hey everybody. Welcome to this episode. It's the last part on our series on Joseph Coney and the LRA. We get to talk about my young adulthood in this one. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's a really good one. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I think it's one of the the funniest episodes we've done in a long time, too. I really like this one. <laughs> but we're here to read you some five-star reviews. If you go to our iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We will read it at the top of the show. We appreciate it. We love it. We've got two for you today. So the first one comes to us from Your Dad. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what they. That's what it says. It just says Your Dad. <laughs> and uh, the title is I'm a Reviewing Boy Now. <laughs> It's actually my dad, basically. (laughs) And uh, here is the text. The best podcast ever. From Charles Manson. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it looks like they tried to put an emoji in it, too. So I don't know if that's your actual father. That's definitely my actual dad. Oh, that's Um, funny. The second one comes to us from Mary the Goldfish. And the title (laughs) for this one is Those Kids Are Great. (laughs) <laughs> I love Colt Podcast. It's gotten so much better over the past few months. They really do their homework. In fact, I'm certain Paige has done more research in the past few months than she did through high school. <laughs> this is true. Mondo is a great counterpart and comic part. Andrea's Oh No is so sweet and genuine. A perfect commute podcast. <laughs> love, Mom. P.S. <laughs> Watch the swears. Thanks, Mom. Are those both your actual parents? Those are both my actual parents, I think, yeah. This is adorable. I like that one One literally just said, your dad. <laughs> your dad, bro. Your dad, bro. My dad also has an Instagram that's one of my favorite things ever. Hey, if you want to leave us a five-star review and win your chance to become our father and mother, <laughs> then go ahead Be and do that. Be our parents. Be our parents. Pay for me. I'm a dependent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you do that. Please leave a review and please. Enjoy the show. Hello. Hello. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! And it's Armando's week again! Hello! Yes! yes. So good to be back. We're doing Joseph Coney and the LRA part Trace. Trace. If you need a, a recap of last the last two weeks, essentially Uganda bad... Um, Oh, not, a lot in, of, not entirely. <laughs> not entirely. Just How the about entire... Uganda has a lot of political unrest. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't just say. And the Uganda Galactic bad. Senate has moved. To... <laughs> <laughs> Those for you nerds out there. Yeah. Look, all I'm saying is Uganda would have been a lot better if they would have never elected Jar Jar Binks to the Senate. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> so 
Yeah, the last two episodes have been just the history of the political issues in Uganda. I almost said harassment, but straight out just like murder. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's pretty rough harassment. Yeah. like, yeah, I got assaulted so bad I died. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's murder. Excuse me, I want to talk to Uganda's manager. They killed my family. (laughs) No, God. I'd like a coupon, please. Anyway. um... (laughs) Just a coupon? (laughs) It's just... It's a horrible situation. Yeah, yeah. And the Acholi people have truly been just fucking horribly mistreated by the current president of Uganda. Not to mention the Italian transplants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little seizures franchises are popping up all over the map. <laughs> Luigi! And we covered the history of Joseph Coney and his father, Luigi. And this week, we're going to cover the part that pretty much everyone here knows, which yeah. is Coney 2012. Yes, so, yes, yes. Let me set the scene for you, all right? It's 2012. <laughs> it's the morning of Monday, March 5th, 2012. You push your neon pink bangs out of your eyes so that you can see (laughs) that you've got an unread text on your iPhone 4S. It's from your best friend, Ashley. I mean, this is all pretty close, except I did not have an iPhone at the time. (laughs) Did you have neon pink hair? I did have neon pink hair for a little bit. Damn, this is an amalgam of the two of you. (laughs) This is fantastic. Rawr, says Ashley. Lols, did you get a chance the number two see the new YouTube video? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point. No, what video? You reply, immediately looking at your Pete Wentz poster. He'd never love you if you missed out on being cool like Ashley. Your oddly small and yet somehow incredibly clunky iPhone buzzes again. <laughs> Ashley responds simply, Coney 2012. You boot up your desktop computer and fidget with your bright yellow Live Strong bracelet, which will only be cool for a couple more months, by the way. (laughs) We had them in all different colors that said a bunch of different things. Anyway, you head over to YouTube, and there's no need to even search for it. It's right there on the front page. You click the video, and a 30-minute short film starts playing. A film called Coney 2012, which was uploaded to YouTube by an organization called Invisible Children. In the film, a man named Jason Russell explains to you that a cult leader warlord named Joseph Coney is killing and abducting anyone and everyone in Uganda. And the only way to help is to share the video and spend $30 on a Coney 2012 action kit. And what are you, a monster? No. So you input your mom's credit card into the website, share the video on your Facebook, and wait for the night of April 20th, 420 Blaze It, when you too, when you too shall cover the night. That wasn't as big of a thing back then. <laughs> Maybe not for you. I was in high school at the time. And it, this, this is kind of worth mentioning. So we're different in a way where each of us is... What I'm trying to say is I'm young. I got that youth. Uh, In 2012, I think that I was a sophomore in high school here in Los Angeles, California, which is, um, I mean, Paige, you were up north, right? No, I had graduated from college at this point and had moved into my first apartment on my own in Hollywood in 2012. Okay, so you were a grown-up in Los Angeles. I was a full-on grown-up in Los Angeles (laughs) at this time. So when this video came out, I fell hook line and sinker for coney 2012 i did not buy an action kit because i was too poor but i did take 
uh, a button from somebody and <laughs> did wear the button. And I did want to go out with my friends and participate in Cover the Night. What was it like? Because Paige, you were an yeah. adult in Los Angeles and and Andrea, you were an adult in Milwaukee at yes. the time. So I want to know, like, what, what was your initial reaction originally so, when and, it came out? And you'll probably get to this at some point. Invisible Children had actually been around for a while. So was like it part of the X-Men? No. (laughs) Those kids have superpowers. It it wasn't new to me, at least. Um, I had heard about it probably back in like 2008, 9, and 10, like a while back. Mm -hmm. As an organization, they'd been around. I was completely oblivious to Coney 2012 because at that point, I was a working adult and I would spend pretty much all of my free time writing screenplays or doing stand-up because I started stand-up pretty short after that oh wow yeah and so yeah i I, like i was kind of oblivious to it i knew it was happening i didn't know much else about it but i do remember that like two years later cards against humanity does like a christmas gift thing yeah where it's like you send them five dollars and then they send you multiple christmas gifts throughout december and they're always random shit and one of them was a coney 2012 sticker but it was like 2015 It was pretty great. It was pretty, pretty great. I was right in the middle of writing my vampire erotica when this happened. Ooh. Which came up in the Facebook group again this week. Hell yeah. Vampire erotica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were you doing around this time, Andrea? Oh, well, I was on food stamps. Uh, <laughs> nice. I, had, I had just graduated from art school mm-hmm. and I was doing freelance, which meant people would often cancel at the last minute or not pay me when they said they would. I was painting murals sometimes. I was, oh. You're basically living how I live now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I uh, I was moving into an apartment that was more expensive but had two bedrooms so that my ex could have his son come visit us, but he did not pay for that extra room. I super paid for it. <laughs> oh, and was good also Lord. On food stamps. Oh, no. So, so, yeah, it was really great. <laughs> that room was like my studio for a few months, and then his son came to what, stay What What was us. your reaction when this video came? came out i was kind of like i was pretty heavily struggling myself and i also am the kind of person that was like wait a minute if this is this whole big deal yeah how is me buying this box gonna help any like this it just didn't (laughs) add up to me it was like like even when i was a kid remember when they have you do like the jump rope for heart and they're like you jump rope and you save lives i'm like this doesn't add up. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> How what? many times do I have to jog to get the free magazine? It doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, if I'm getting a prize, how is it helping people? And so, like, I was just really skeptical of it because I was just like, I don't... Like, this seems really bad, but I also feel like if it was this bad, it wouldn't be this easy to solve with a bracelet. We'll get into, like, what they said was the plan, but there was more than just, like, the box. It was kind of like you watch. It was watched, a whole thing. Yeah, the the main goal of the video was to kind of bring awareness to it because nobody was talking about it. Yeah. But let's just kind of dive into it. Okay. So in spring of two thousand and three, three recent graduates of USC's film program decided that they were going to film the best documentary that had ever been filmed. And it makes sense because one year prior, some of the greatest documentaries came out, including a movie that literally won an award for best documentary of all time. That's not a joke. 
2002 was a stellar year for documentaries with the release of the Oscar-winning Bowling for Columbine. Right. Uh, the Peabody Award-winning 9-11 and mm-hmm. Jackass the Movie, which, <laughs> which won the award for most flatulent teen-targeted movie. Oh, fun fact. In 2002, I started high school. So oh. that all came out when I was in high school. So college buddies Jason Russell, Bobby Bailey, and Laren Poole put their heads together to think of a subject for their masterpiece. And if 2002's documentaries had taught them anything, is that the best documentaries were about something horribly uncomfortable. Like a terrorist attack or Johnny Knoxville's balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, is it Jackass 1 or 2 where they put him in the porta potty and then crane it? Oh, I think that's Jackass 1. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It was rough. They're pretty terrible. They're yeah. pretty awful movies that just ramp it up yeah. each time. But what's the most horrifying and uncomfortable topic that three white dudes from San Diego, California can think of? Anything going on in Africa. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. They're definitely going to make white people uncomfortable because oh, they yes. won't know how to talk about the movie. But, you know. Definitely not. And right away, we run into one of the criticisms that Jason Russell and his friends would face. Because we all know Jason for bravely going into the Ugandan bush and reporting on the plight of the people of Uganda who were under attack by Kony and the LRA. But originally, Jason wasn't even trying to go to Uganda. Originally in 2003, Jason Russell and his band of bros flew to Africa to cover the war in Darfur, which sounds like a deleted oh. scene from Star Wars, but it was that actually... That was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's something that they had heard of, and they thought that they would go and capitalize on it. The war in Darfur was a conflict that took place in the Darfur region of Sudan, which is right along the border of Central African Republic and South Sudan, which is right near northern Uganda. Darfur was like the big charity at the time. Like when I was in high school, yeah. that was the war that everyone was worried about. I yes. mean, aside from the one that we were in with Afghanistan. But still, we're only like two years out from 9 11 at that Yeah, time. exactly. So one day, while getting a tour of nearby northern Uganda, the car in front of Jason and his team is shot up by a group of rebels known as the LRA. The local guide is barely able to get the filmmakers off to safety. Except here's another criticism of Coney 2012. They exaggerate a lot. Some documentaries stretch the truth for narrative purposes. Well, Jason Russell was doing fucking yoga with the truth. What happened was, while getting a tour of northern Uganda, his tour guide pulled over to talk to some locals, and the locals tell the tour guide that earlier that day, a car was shot by the LRA. So, not wanting to continue on the path where there might be more soldiers, they changed course and decide to spend the night in the nearby village of Gulu, which if you've been listening to the series, that's like the part of the movie where the campers are like, let's just stay here. What's this place called? Camp Crystal Lake? Okay. Exactly. It's it's just like ground zero for the LRA. It's terrifying. But at this point, it's 2003, so the LRA aren't necessarily that big of a problem, and they hadn't been active since earlier that year. What the group found in Gulu was overwhelming to them. In the center of the major village, children from surrounding villages were taken every night to avoid being abducted. Jason Russell almost lost his shit at the thought of anyone not being able to fall asleep in a mattress while listening to, like, ASMR or something. No, 2002, they probably didn't. Also, I guess phones did have headphone jacks at that point. But slightly earlier, phones didn't have headphone jacks at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, they were, I mean, it's very, when you watch the original footage, it's really obvious it's 2003 because everyone's wearing sleeveless t-shirts mm-hmm. and has frosted tips still, but oh, they're like yeah. almost gone. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So these interviews that he has with the children and the members of the Ugandan People's Defense Force are fucking kind of pretty harrowing, you know? Like the children in particular, one of which whose name is Jacob, told Jason how horrible it is to live in the protected camps. Because of the conflict, he wasn't able to attend school or have a normal life at all. And the Ugandan People's Defense Force told Jason that this is all the LRA's fault. But here's the thing, it's more complicated than that. In 1999, when Museveni realized he couldn't beat the LRA with his military, he started forcing the Acholi people into these things called protected camps. Civilians who didn't comply were beaten and sometimes had their homes burned down by the Ugandan People's Defense Force, who, by the way, were just a rebranded version of the uh, National Resistance Force, or the National Resistance Army from last week. So these camps that they show, they look really bad, but it's Museveni's fault that the children are there. Like, they're, they're there because they're being forced to by the Ugandan government. And the UPDF pretty much failed to keep the civilians safe, but they did manage to displace 1.8 million people and heighten the spread of diseases like Ebola and AIDS because they weren't keeping clean conditions. Right. So Jason Russell decided that this was an issue that America needed to be made aware of. So he dropped focus from the war in Darfur, and he and his crew began filming what was essentially the aftermath of the war between Museveni and the LRA. After Jason and the boys return home to San Diego, because that's the thing, they're from San Diego, so every time you hear them talk, they just sound like they want to speak to your manager. They're just like, hey, how's it going? I'm Jason Russell. I'm from San Diego, California. That's how he sounds? That's how he sounds. I'm not kidding. Like, well, I'll play you a video of him talking. That's how he sounds. Wow. So after he and the boys return home to San Diego, they cut together their documentary on the horrible conditions forced upon the Ugandan children. And this was the 2004 film, Invisible Children, Rough Cut. And it was screened to friends and family on June 22, 2004 at the University of San Diego. However, Jason knew he had something special on his hands, so he and his two friends founded Invisible Children, Inc., and possibly in an attempt to overtake Jackass as the most teen-targeted film, he started screening the film at high schools, colleges, and churches across the United States. It did play at our church, I think, at one point. Yeah, I I don't remember having it play at my school, but I was, I mean, in 2004, I think I would have been in elementary school. And uh, I guess, yeah, they were only playing it at high schools. But there were schools that they showed in the video that I was like, oh, fuck, that's like in San Fernando. Mm -hmm. So it's important to note that Invisible Children, The Rough Cut, is not Coney 2012. Coney 2012 was the result of years of work that the Invisible Children, Inc. spent trying to solve the LRA problem in Uganda. In fact, Jason and his new charity had a few other notable attempts leading up to Coney 2012. In 2006, while trying to capitalize on the success of the January release of the hit film High School Musical, (laughs) Invisible Children, Inc. released a short musical in an attempt to promote their global night commute project. The plot of the video is simple. Jason and his bros show the film Invisible Children Rough Cut to a bunch of uncaring San Fernando high school kids. 
Realizing that teens will only respond to a spectacle, the three filmmakers quickly spin around and start dancing to a cheesy 90s-themed power ballad. Then, after literally flying across the gym, they start zapping the students with lasers, transforming them into 80s-style cool kids. What? Who join the Invisible Children in singing about why you should join them on April 29th, 2006 for their global night commute. By the way, I found this out. The uh, the video component for this, like the musical, mm-hmm. it was directed by John M. Chu, who's the director for the movie Crazy Rich Asians. No! What? what? Yeah. John M. Chu, the director for Crazy Rich Asians, is the director of, um, of this high school musical ripoff. And also, weirdly enough, John M. Chu and uh, Jason Russell... Back in the day, I guess back in college at some point, mm-hmm. wrote a musical together and then sold that musical to Steven Spielberg. What? Yeah, Nothing what? ever came of it. Thank God. It wasn't Coney related. They didn't ever make it. My leading guess is that Steven Spielberg read it and then bought it to take it off the market. But I... <laughs> just like, this needs to never be seen. <laughs> yeah. But I want to play for you now a clip of the song that they sing and dance to during this video. Put Uganda deep inside your mind It needs attention and a dance to make it sparkle and shine It goes on for a really, really long time. laughably horrible. Oh, like, man. It's so great. I, what I really want to see is Jason Russell featuring Museveni. That's what I really want. <laughs> what, I, what I think is hilarious is that before we started that video, you were like, 80s. They, they turned into like 80s rockers. No, that was just the clothing in like 2004 to 2006. Yeah. It looks pretty goddamn wild. It was it was very bright. Uh, we loved the <laughs> 80s at the time. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would think it was the 80s. But no, that's just what we looked like. In 2007, after hearing about Invisible Children, Inc., the band Fallout Boy decided to fly to northern Uganda to film a music video for one of their songs. And the plot focused on the lives of two children from Uganda who fall in love. But one night, in a raid by the LRA, the boy character is taken. And in a long, music-free portion of the video, the boy escapes and makes his way back to the girl. When he arrives home, the music starts playing again, and the video ends with a message explaining the mission of Invisible Children, Inc. And the name of that song was, I'm like a lawyer with the way I'm always trying to get you off, and then in parentheses, me and you. It is a good song. First of all, what it is, it is a good song. The most inappropriate title for a song trying to get attention to Uganda. (laughs) Yeah, he once was notorious for bad titles, but yeah. uh, So I, at the time, 2007, was in college. I had finished my first year of college, Mm -hmm. and 
my friend and I went to see Fall Out Boy and they played the movie live in concert. Oh, they played I'm Like a Lawyer with the way I'm always trying to get you off and then parentheses me and you? Yeah, so they would play it with the video behind them and they would uh-huh. play it live and then stop for the part of the video that had no music. Oh, yeah. God. They would watch it and then they'd continue playing the song. God, yeah, it's... The thing <laughs> it's is... very real. The music video for I'm Like a Lawyer with the ways I'm always trying to get you off and then in parentheses me and you. <laughs> it's just... It's such an amazing piece of art. <laughs> the one thing I will say that is really good is I read up on it and as yeah. much as I want to make fun of the video for I'm Like a Lawyer with the ways I'm always trying to get you off and then in parentheses <laughs> me and you. Play the damn song. It's a good song. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's a clip. good song yeah and i will say i listened to more fallout boy and i wanted to make fun of them more but they're pretty good it's catchy as fuck man they are pretty catchy as hell and the one thing that i'll say or or i guess one of the other things that i'll say in defense or in positive of uh fallout boy is that they went with the most low budget filming uh, equipment and they also were on screen for the least amount of time so that they could pay the locals the most amount of money and then also give all of the extra money they would have used uh, to film it they gave that directly to the locals themselves so it was a really good thing for them to do right that's why one of the most helpful things that ever happened to uganda was the song i'm like a lawyer with the weights i'm always trying to get you off <laughs> me and you damn you pete and your titles <laughs> Yeah, in them, May, them and Panic at the Disco, both. Oh, yeah. I yeah. thought they were interchangeable, honestly. I mean... So did I. I was yeah. like, you said Fall Out Boy. I was like, Dance Dance? That is Fall Out Boy. That is, is it? Boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that today. I learned that because in the video for I'm Like a Lawyer with All the Ways, I'm Always Trying to Get You Off. Uh, <laughs> in parentheses, me and you. There, there's one of the scenes is all all the people in a village of Uganda huddled around a TV watching the video for Dance Dance. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the implication being that the most popular band in Uganda is Fall Out Boy. To be fair, at the time, like literally a year or two later, pretty much the most popular band in the world for like two seconds was Fall That's Out Boy. Fair. <laughs> in May 2010, President Barack Obama signed a, the bill called the Lord's Resistance Army Disarmament and Northern Uganda Recovery Act, and then in parentheses, me and you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Invisible Children, Inc. had been the main advocacy group that influenced the passing of the bill and were actually present in the Oval Office when President Obama signed the bill. But, like I said, while all of these things may have been effective, America as a whole was still largely unaware of what Jason Russell believed to be the world's biggest problem. And so, accumulating all that he had learned over the past eight years, Jason and Invisible Children, Inc. set out to create their biggest campaign yet. On March 5th, 2012, Invisible Children, Inc. released Coney 2012. A 30-minute, emotionally-driven call to action with the stated goal of making Joseph Coney famous. Step one was to watch the video. Step two was to buy a Coney 2012 action kit. Step three was to participate in Invisible Children's next global event, Cover the Night. So, let's kind of break it down. Step one, make Coney famous. Boy, was that a success. Yeah, you weren't shit if you didn't have that Coney 2012 sticker. Yeah, Within three 
hours, the video had gotten over half a million views. And within six days, it had gotten over 100 million views. Damn. Time Magazine called it the most viral video in the history of the world. Which is not saying, I mean, at that point. At that time, uh, yeah. yeah. Because it was up against Avril Lavigne's song Girlfriend as, like, the most watched video at the time. Yeah. On Facebook, it got 1.4 million likes. On Twitter, over 4 million people hashtagged Coney 2012. Celebrities like Rihanna, Oprah, and even Ryan Seacrest shared the video. Because at the time, you weren't shit if Ryan Seacrest didn't know you existed. This is true. People began changing their Facebook profile pictures to Coney 2012 logos, which is the white woman equivalent to getting it tattooed on you. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting to think about, too, if you watch the Fire Festival documentary and the Mm -hmm. way that they used Instagram and with the orange tile. Yeah. We didn't have Instagram at the time. And so this was kind of as close as it got. Well, some people even got invisible children logo tattoos. Yeah. Along with the slogan tattooed on their necks and ankles. Mm Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it was undeniable. Coney 2012 was everywhere. Step two, Coney 2012 action kits. Part of Coney 2012's purpose was to promote the sale of action kits, which was a $30 box of shit, uh, uh, a $30 box of Coney 2012 merch, like a bracelet, (laughs) a button, a shirt, and some supplies for step three, cover the night. Through the sale of both Action Kits and other Invisible Children merchandise, Invisible Children Inc. raised over $20 million. You could also buy Invisible Children DVDs to send to people. In the month of March, Invisible Children Incorporated raised more money than any other charity. March 8th, three days after that, is International Women's Day. And they were very unhappy with the timing that was chosen uh, because International Women's Day is like the main day that people donate to their charity. I forget what charity it is. <laughs> that women charity. Yeah. Probably Susan G. Komen. Which also, not, I mean, Google that shit. All charities. Before, Google before everything. you donate to it. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> If I've learned two things, it's that one, you should always, always, always research uh, every charity before donating to them. 100%. And two, Coney 2012 braces are so hard to take off. They're so hard. Especially, like, it it was during the summer and your hands would swell and it'd be, like, (laughs) sticky. And you would just, like, you would have just this, like, bracelet indentation in your wrist. And everyone's like, loser i knew you supported causes dumbass were they like the rubber live strong they had uh so they were like twine and rope with like a metal like kind of pendant thing that's that was their main one but they also did another thing where one of their main campaigns when they were like doing the whole shit with pete wentz it was like called bracelet day or something where you like made bracelets the traditional acholi way they did a lot with bracelets. Bracelets were the shit back in the day. Yeah. And I blame raves. Uh, <laughs> Remember, oh my God, this was a whole thing as my mom thought that if I wore different, like the different colored bracelets. Oh, it lipstick meant, parties. Yeah, that there were like different sex things that we were going to do. <laughs> Are your kids giving blowjobs behind the mall? Next. Yeah. I mean, probably. <laughs> Are your kids huffing cream of mushroom soup next on the evening news? (laughs) Step three was cover the night. The last part of Coning 2012 was the call for everyone to participate in an event called cover the night on April 20th. Blaze it for uh, uh, 2012. God, it's just like it's just part of my brain. I don't know what it is. 
420 Blaze at 2012. Where'd Invisible. you get that joint? Where did it come from? <laughs> Every time he you says Blaze it, it's inside. <laughs> this is California. Blaze it. Uh, Invisible Children Inc. wanted you and all of your closest friends who also bought the Coney 2012 action kit to put up posters in your hometown. And with all of the unstoppable hype coming from the world's most viral video, 420 Blaze it was set to be the biggest <laughs> and most participated in social events around the world. It was official. Coney 2012 was the best online campaign in the history of the internet. <laughs> However, on March 6, 2012, the criticism started rolling in. See, all the things that Invisible Children Incorporated had done, like the musical in 2006, the Fallout Boy video in 2007, Bracelet Day somewhere in 2008, the Help Uganda Act, and then in parentheses, Me and You of 2010, <laughs> even Coney 2012, all of it was a good attempt to help out. But Coney and the LRA had left Uganda in 2006. Coney 2012's battle cry of Get Joseph Coney and Save Uganda was for the most part already done. They didn't live in Uganda and hadn't been present since 2003. And that's where all their footage is from too, right? Yeah. Like they they just use the same footage. They just use the same footage. They, in fact, they were there for the peace talks, I believe, and right after the peace talks in Juba was right when the LRA just dipped so they knew that the lra was no longer in uganda it wasn't like bad information everyone who was familiar with it knew it secondly was the issue of funds officially invisible children's plan to stop joseph coney was to set up programs in uganda to better the lives of civilians and ex-lra soldiers and to fund the ugandan military as well as have the u.s train and arm them well if you've learned anything from the previous two episodes it's that president museveni and the uganda people's defense force aren't exactly the ones you should strengthen not only did yawari museveni commit what people are calling a genocide of the acholi people and rightfully so but a foreign country coming over to fund and train a military group is exactly the origin story of the fucking LRA. Yeah. It's literally what happened to begin with. There's also a bunch of criticism coming at Jason Russell about him as a person. Like, why did you include yourself and your son in the video? It made Coney famous, sure, but it also made both of you wildly famous, too. Did he purposefully choose three days before International Women's Day to launch the campaign because annual donations were way less but he capitalized on people that were already willing to give to something. Also, one of the biggest criticisms, was he gay? Because this was a question that he had to answer in every interview where people were like, a lot of people, I mean like a lot of people were like, so you're gay though, right? And he's like, no, I just do musicals and believe in a cause. I'm just from San Diego. That's why I talk like this. Everyone from San Diego talks like this, which is true. That's been my experience. Yeah. I don't think he's gay if he says he's not gay. And also, it doesn't matter. But it was like one of those things. Yeah, there's nothing to do with this. Yeah. But it was one of those things where, like, he was starting to get real upset. Validly so, when people kept bringing up his sexuality when he was just trying to focus on doing this, like, charity work. 
So on one side, you've got a bunch of rational people who are fact-checking a video that is essentially an emotional-driven, exaggerated, and also way oversimplified call to action. And on the other side, you've got a bunch of Coney 2012 fanatics who believe that Jason is the promised one who will solve the Coney 2012 issue. Or I guess just the Coney issue in general. This is a quote from Jason Russell on the pressure coming from both sides. On one hand, there was Bono saying I deserve an Oscar, and Oprah wants to fill stadiums for me, and Ryan Seacrest wants me to be on American Idol, because by the way, you weren't shit if Ryan Seacrest didn't know you existed. And on the other hand, there were people saying, these people think that they're white saviors trying to save Africa, and the money goes that's to corrupt though. places. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's accurate. And there is a special place in hell for you. They were so polar opposite, so extreme, and in my head, I, wanna re- I wanted to reconcile them, and I just couldn't. Reconcile? Yeah, but I did it in his accent. Oh, okay. Um, You could just read that, you know? Yeah, that's how he sounds, though. When you listen to him talk, he always sounds like he's, uh, like, five minutes away from coming. He just sounds like he's just right about to either just orgasm or catch the sweetest wave. That's exactly... I was like, he sounds like he's about to catch a wave. Just like, I was paddling out, and then a curl, bro! Like, that. (laughs) Well, to be fair... being somebody that lived in San Diego for two years, catching a wave is also what we San Diegans call coming. So uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's why we surf so much. No. Um, it is very frothy. It is. Oh, oh, Jesus. oh <laughs> there's seaweed in this one. <laughs> it's so salty. Mm. Mm, kelp. Seaweed. <laughs> Swim it. Oh, like blaze it. 420. <laughs> 420 swim it. 420 um, yeah, there, there is that argument of like, the white savior coming over to save Uganda because one of the pictures that circulated the most was them posing with, uh, posing with like a rocket launcher and like an automatic, uh, I think it was like an AK 47. They're posing with these weapons with the Ugandan people's defense force and the Sudanese people's liberation army, which are two arguably terrorist groups almost. Yeah. They're government funded, but they still have committed horrible war atrocities. And these are the people where he's like, we should arm them and give them everything they need to take down this rebel scum. And it's like, yeah, but you're kind of just calling for people to, like, fund a dictator almost. Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> dictator. <laughs> Somebody call Pete Wentz. Dictator sounds like a... a- baked potato snack food like, and like I was a just new picturing iteration a that looked like a baked potato <laughs> yeah. and I was like what's wrong with that thing <laughs> I think there's something really interesting about like when they're like oh it's oversimplified it's like you explained it to a child and use that metaphor to explain it to adults like yeah yeah there I mean the even the whole video the way that it's set up is like oh my kid gets it it's like your kid understands the atrocities in Uganda you're a horrible father why are you giving him <laughs> yeah. nightmares like what <laughs> and then the kid's just like whoa <laughs> no. that's what it that's what it's like it's this terrible like I mean, way too oversimplified message that didn't even it didn't cover he didn't do have the audacity of this man to not do two episodes previously to this one what a dick. <laughs> should have had his own podcast for real though also, no shade on Pete Wentz's dick. It's not a bad dick. No, no shade on Pete Wentz's dick was why the, the dick pic looks so bad. <laughs> 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 Mind uh, you, this is 
what, eight years old? Yeah. Eight was, or more years he old. He's taking it on an iPhone 4S, of Get course. Get that lighting, bro. He's texting it to Ashley. In, yeah, in, in like a grimy mirror, too, oh, if I remember correctly. So the pressure was building, and it didn't stop. Sleep deprived from doing speaking tours that included, and this is true, he did 17 interviews in 48 hours. Oh, my God. He was totally overwhelmed. Yeah. So Jason and his family decided to take two days off with a vacation to Palm Springs, California. But Coney 2012 had made Jason and his son celebrities. So people mobbed them with questions and photographs and basically forced them to hide in their hotel room with the curtains drawn shut, with his family saying later that they felt like they were under attack. In an attempt to salvage the trip, Jason took his son to see the recently released The Lorax, but Jason was at the beginning stages of having a mental breakdown, and he thought that the movie was talking directly to him, which explains the movie's slogan, I am I the Lorax, and I speak for the Jason Russell. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I speak for the trees, and also you. <laughs> I speak for the trees, 420 blaze it, cover the night. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm the Lorax, motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Chilford Brimling. Go ahead. <laughs> what are the name of the trees in the lyrics? The fluffer. Oh, the, the fluffers. Uh, no, no, no. They. Somebody oh said, God! Somebody should have sent one of those trees to Pete Wentz. Ha ha! Take that. It's not a bad dick. No, I have seen these I'm photos. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it Google up right that shit. Now. It's not a bad dick. The reviews are in. Not a bad dick <laughs> not by a bad Paige dick Wesley. By Paige Wesley. <laughs> They're the. I want to say. I can't find a picture of his dick directly but i can find a picture of him holding one of his own cds in front of his dick <laughs> yeah that's for a music video oh truffle trees yeah oh truffle butter trees i mean truffle trees <laughs> Ooh, truffle. <laughs> so that's when jason started hearing voices it's because he's smoking those truffle trees also i would like to point out that yahoo answers first result is are truffle trees real y'all stop blazing it <laughs> <laughs> that's when jason began to hear voices the voices were telling him if he didn't make it to New York within 12 hours, Joseph Coney would win. And then, on March 15th, 2012, 10 days after the launch of Coney 2012, Jason Russell took off all of his clothes and ran up and down a San Diego street, flipping off cars and yelling obscenities. Footage of this mental breakdown was bought by TMZ for 30 thousand dollars tmz such trash sometimes jason was detained but sent to a psychiatric hospital instead of being sent to jail however at the hospital jason thought the staff was trying to kill him he ran around he again i don't know what it was about his particular breakdown but he again took off all of the clothes that he could um i mean paranoia but also sleep deprivation he, they probably felt restrictive yeah he was definitely having like a mental the thing is is whenever you hear about this all my friends were like uh dude the guy from coney 2012 got like fucking he's on crack and he like started jacking off in san diego but he didn't he wasn't he wasn't on any substances yeah and there were zero reports from any eyewitnesses anyone that was actually there zero video footage and the cops reported no sexual gestures or masturbation at all. Well, it's very unlikely that he was masturbating. People having delusions sometimes will pull their clothes off because they're convinced that things like their clothes are choking them or yeah. they get unnaturally hot. Like, there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. And in fairness, those psych ward gowns are super easy to take off. 
Yeah. He it's was just also a snaps. Yeah. originally before he started uh, in San Diego, before he took off his clothes, all he was wearing was underwear and a uh, bathrobe. Oh, so okay. they were super, they were also super easy. So to that's take a off. dad fully dressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just getting the mail. <laughs> so he started running around the hospital, kicking and screaming until he was sedated. According to Jason, his mental break lasted two full weeks. I'll be real with you. I was in the hospital for five days earlier this year, and I was ready to kick a nurse in the face. And I was completely, like, hadn't had a breakdown. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate being in the hospital. And with the entire campaign becoming a laughingstock, Invisible Children's Cover the Night became an utter failure. Most participants didn't even use the official Coney 12 action kit, but instead just used the event as a reason to vandalize their neighborhoods, including uh, so going as so far as to spray paint Coney 2012 on the Boston Massacre Memorial. Jesus! There, there was Coney 2012 spray painted everywhere. There's still yeah. one or two around Los Angeles yeah. that haven't been covered up. Yeah, there's posters that you can see that somebody glued to like impossible to reach places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say in Milwaukee, uh, people were not repping this hard. I don't know if it's like a, a Los Angeles, California thing where you guys got super into it, but like. Are you trying to say people in Milwaukee are smarter than us? No, I just to say think people that, in Los Angeles have a white savior complex. Yeah. You're right. You're I do. Right. That's I think true. I'm mostly saying that people in Milwaukee are not as technologically savvy to oh, get on this board. That's fair. Yeah. I think they were more interested in eating cheese curds anyway. Who wouldn't be? They're delicious. <laughs> They're it's right from good. the source. Very excited to go there. So here, here are some numbers courtesy of the YouTube account Internet Historian. In Toronto, 53 thousand activists were registered for cover the night on the night of the event 50 showed up wow in sydney australia eighteen thousand people registered night of the event 12 showed up damn in montreal 4800 people registered before the night of the event the group decided to just cancel their involvement altogether zero people showed up so it's not just that it was like a big thing in Los Angeles. A lot of people that actually participated didn't give a shit as much as they just wanted to go out and tag stuff. Yeah. So, or they wanted to be part of the popular thing. Like yeah. everyone was talking about it and you felt like an idiot if you didn't know what it was. But at this point after, so so this is, uh, he got caught doing his uh, naked calisthenics in uh, on <laughs> On March. <laughs> Running his naked uh, marathon. Yeah. That's a nice way to... Which, which by the way, like, poor dude. Yeah. I'm, that sucks. Yeah. Those streets are terrible. Rough, his feet probably hurt real bad. Yeah, one of the worst things is, like, when I saw him running around naked on San Diego, the first thing popped in my head was, like, a year ago when they were like, streets of San Diego, highest uh, population or highest likelihood to get hepatitis. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, every time I go to San Diego, I feel like every time I try to park on the street, there's, like, 50 million glass bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like an unnatural amount of glass bottles. So another important factor is like that was on March 15th that that happened. It was all over the news March 18th. By April 20th, the... Uh, Blaze it. Yeah. <laughs> you got you caught me slipping, bro. Uh, by, by April 20th, 420 Blaze it, he was... <laughs> Completely, uh, if you will, burnt out. Uh, oh. The 
the charity was not in a good place and pretty much nobody really wanted to be associated with it other than the like other than the die hard like we still got to fight to get in Coney bro like the people who weren't technologically sa- uh, yeah. savvy the people from Milwaukee if you will hey come on now <laughs> please it <laughs> please it 421 <laughs> we're a little late to the party <laughs> So, in one month, Jason Russell went from being the most recognized person in America, the creator of the world's most viral video, to being one of the most memorable laughingstocks in internet history. But even that legacy is tainted, as one video came along soon after to take Coney 2012's spot and absolutely overshadowed it, leaving it as not even a mention on the like most popular videos page. That video that came along and took its place, Gangnam Style. Oh, <laughs> shit. I do remember Gangnam Style. Dancing like a fucking oh, horse was more God. important than Coney 12 at the my, end of the year. My sister, to this day, is convinced that Psy has swagger. And I feel like we talked about this with Marie <laughs> on an episode, and she was very confused. I love how she he he tried to like do a second video, and like it oh, just... Oh, he has were, many like, videos. What? Yeah. I've seen all of them. He's, yeah. He, but... had a, he had a song with like Snoop Dogg. That's the thing, is that like he's no longer a hit but after Gangnam Style came out he had like three hit songs that were also hit videos too well here's the thing it's like he's Mm -hmm. not a hit here he's a mega hit overseas oh yeah yeah. he is huge yeah he was that's the thing that you have to realize is Gangnam Style was a song from South Korea it wasn't made for us and right. it was he had had hits before that, like he was yeah. already popular. Oh yeah, over there. in Korea. But yeah. I'd say like here, yeah. people are like, "That was funny. <laughs> That's funny. What's Justin Timberlake up to? <laughs> What's Ja Rule doing?" In 2017, Uganda declared that the LRA no longer posed a threat and ended its search for Joseph Kony. Joseph Kony is believed to be somewhere in either the Congo, the Central African Republic. Or South Sudan, and they're not really paying attention because homeboy is gonna die pretty soon. That's true. He old as hell right now. How he's, old is he? He's over fifty, which is way. That's not that not, old, but like you know, he's if it's he's an army in, fifty. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is Damn. that he's an army fifty. He's got type two diabetes. Oh my he's god. He's got stomach They'll ulcers, and he has no supply of insulin because he's hiding in the middle of the fucking African jungle. Um. Yeah. Seizure. It can cause seizures, or I mean, depending on what he's eating, he could you know maybe survive. It'll depend on the type of type two. It's. Type 2 diabetes is a multifaceted animal that we all will grapple with someday. Yeah, you just also got to remember that this is a man who thinks he's Jesus. So he's probably not going to... He's only eating bread and fish. (laughs) He's dead. Dude is dead. He keeps turning all the water into wine. You're not supposed to drink on diabetes. Yeah. One of the, the, like, kind of saddest quotes that I read from him uh, was this phrase that, like... Oh, so when I was doing research, all these people started pointing this thing where they were like, Joseph Coney, read about the man who compared himself to Hitler. And I was like, what? So I was like, well, what the fuck is this all about? So I, like, dive into it. And what he said was, at this point, he can't let himself be taken. Because if he's taken, whatever they do to him is worse than death. So when they come for him, he's going to kill himself like Hitler. Oh, you mean the man who escaped to South America? Yeah. 
Well, this is a man who thinks he's Jesus, so I don't think that he's too kept up on history. Jesus, a man who turned himself in. And ran off <laughs> ran off to start. <laughs> he's hanging out he's hanging out with Hitler. Jesus is still no. alive. Yeah. Oh God. Then Hitler's just hanging out with Jesus, being like, you know, for a Jew, you're not that bad. Oh they would never hang out. They have nothing in common. <laughs> Get out of here. You like bread and fish too? <laughs> You've got to meet my friend Coney. I don't know what this accent is. It's fucking terrible. Uh, yeah. The, one, this, the phrase that he said though that really made me like, oh fuck, that's kind of depressing. Is he said, um, one day the world is going to wake up and realize that I've been dead for a very long time. And he's just kind of implying that like the way things are going and the way things are, he's basically already dead yeah he so that was the other thing is that like the peace talks that invisible children kept trying to make come through they were just funding him so he could go on longer when they were saying that we should give all the money to the ugandan military they're funding people who committed genocide right he's also like they lied about a bunch of facts they oversimplified they made all this shit that it was like you gotta fucking you gotta research the things before you give money to them but it's not to say they didn't do nothing. They did do a lot of good things. They had a lot of programs that were really, really good. They built schools there. They gave them clean water. Uh, they gave them clothes. They set up a radio station that would um, basically broadcast where the LRA was active in areas where they oh, still were so active. Oh, so you could avoid them. So you could avoid them. I'm just imagining that app for, like, breakups with your ex. <laughs> oh, you just avoid them? He's <laughs> just like, oh, they're here. Oh, I guess See, that's what Facebook I was is. just imagining morning DJs. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hey. Hey, 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 Coney is on the left side today. You're going to want to steer clear. How's traffic on the five? I'm telling you, Ken, it's lions and tigers out here. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to deliver roses to somebody and pretend they're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> they also did something else that I thought was really interesting, which was this intricate series of ways to implement people that had joined the LRA back into um like regular society oh to reintegrate people so yeah. what they would do is uh, take away their machetes <laughs> they would give that to me thank you <laughs> they would like uh, I think it was like every week they would push out thousands of copies of biodegradable I guess which is just paper <laughs> really I guess you didn't have to say that but uh, they would push out these flyers from a plane in areas where the LRA units were supposed to be and uh, if they, they, the wind would pick them up, they would travel, these people would get the flyers, and it would tell them where they had to tune in to hear where in their area they should go to escape. And then when their leaders were asleep, they would escape, go there, and then when they got there, they would be immediately driven as far away from possible, and then uh, after like a cooling off period, they would be reintegrated into their society. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just imagining these flyers falling from the sky and like gazelle like jumping around with them stuck on their antlers <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> they're littering i'm just picturing people in the desert just like thank god toilet paper oh <laughs> finally I why like is a- this all in english <laughs> i like that the two best ways to get the the lra soldiers away from their home is uh radios and uh thousands of flyers they're basically just using techniques that djs have found out for years <laughs> come to my show <laughs> what just if it was cl- just a confetti cl- cannon what if it was cl- just a pop-up show <laughs> they're club promoters for a better life oh. <laughs> oh. 
But yeah, so the whole thing is, Coney 2012 was a propaganda, an American-filmed propaganda. It was, it was just kind of like, hey, we don't really understand this as well as we would like to, but we're fully going to fucking go with it. There's a there's footage of uh, Jason Russell finding out about the car they got attacked. Which, by the way, they always say we witnessed, we saw the car getting shot up, like that instigating yeah. thing. They didn't. There's footage that they released of them finding out about the car, and they go to a soldier. <laughs> they go to one of the Ugandan soldiers, and they ask, he goes, so what happened? And he goes, the car was shot up. And he goes, shot up? What do you mean? And the soldier gives him this weird look, and he goes, like, he took a gun, and he shot at the car. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason just goes... I can't believe something like this happened. And the Ugandan what, soldier... has he never been to South Central? Yeah, Come on like, now. What? And the Ugandan soldier America? just goes, okay, I can. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like, of course. Ice of- Cube has been singing songs about this for years. Yeah. And the... <laughs> That's the fucked up part is USC is right next to South Central, I too. know. That's what's blowing. I'm like, you didn't even have to use this AK. That's what made it a good day. Like, come on, dude. You yeah. had to... If you lived on campus at USC, you heard at least one drive-by. There's no way you didn't. Even now you hear them, uh, car speeding by and somebody throws something out the window and goes, I'm your postman. <laughs> this is a, drive- a food drive-by. It's food. Please don't shoot me. <laughs> Five stars, please. Um, Come out and pick it up. I'm not slowing down in this neighborhood. <laughs> so there's, yeah. Coney 2012 is the perfect, like example of all like never let the internet do your research for you which i get is ironic for us to let us do it (laughs) yeah let us let us do it i know that that's like it's fine for us to come from this world of like this is our job like we read a lot and the whole on one hand don't let the internet do your research for you but definitely use the internet to research shit yeah (laughs) and also use your things to do facts the reason so on this episode is we haven't really been providing sources because the sources come from an amalgam of like the footage that they filmed uh interviews from museveni from uh rare interviews with coney himself um articles interviews a whole series of different books Uh, Like, so many things that I'll post them on our Facebook page, but they're, like, listing them out for each episode would roughly be about, like, ten minutes. Yeah. There's just so many sources and so many things that I had to go through and also to translate and then, like, interpret what they actually meant. And remember, too, a lot of this, especially this episode currently is stuff that we lived through yeah yeah that's a little weird yeah yeah it's all it's all I was stuff at that fallout boy concert <laughs> i think if i've learned anything it's always be suspicious <laughs> always be like a lawyer with the way that i'm trying to get you off <laughs> parentheses me, me and, and you. you that's that's what uh that's what the abcs of interneting is a always b b c suspicious suspicious say suspicious and then I parentheses me and you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, that's all I mean. This episode, if it's taught you anything, is just like fucking don't trust anyone for what they say. Always read stuff. Because that was the thing is like right when Coney 2012 came out, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. We got to stop this Coney guy, bro. We got to stop evil Carl Weathers, dude. Like, we, we <laughs> really. look like evil Carl Weathers. <laughs> yeah, he really. That was another thing is that people would post pictures of Carl Weathers in Predator. <laughs> and then. <laughs> 
And then they would be like, gotta, gotta stop. Or, or they would go the other way and they'd be like, I love this man. And then Coney 2012 people would be like, bro, fuck you, dude. And then other people would be like, you're racist, dude. It's Carl <laughs> Weathers. I, I told you about the time I met Carl Weathers, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. And he, he offered you uh, acting classes and told you how to make a good stew. <laughs> no, that was Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, no, when I worked at Sir Latab, he came in and shopped with us and was incredibly nice. He was like the nicest dude ever. He has giant hands. Yeah. I'm Huge sure he hands. does. He's a he's, big guy. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, was like, he was the guy, uh, he's one of the only people I've ever seen that did an arm thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, Jesus, Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. He was asking about cooking classes for him and his lover. Ooh. I bet he said lover, too. He's he cool He did like say that. lover. Oh, fuck. That's he was so like, cool. I'm taking her to Paris. And I was just like, can I date you, Carl Weathers? Because, damn, all right. I want to fuck Carl Weathers. <laughs> Dude, he was awesome. No, I want to get fucked by Carl Weathers. He's I, No one fucks Carl Weathers. <laughs> Carl Weathers fucks you. You don't know what Carl Weathers likes. Oh. He is a sensitive man. Yeah, he's like a lawyer with all the ways he's always getting you <laughs> off. And then in parentheses, you and, and Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, the most important thing, do your research. The second most important thing are national parks. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Third, listen to Fall Out Boy. Fourth, listen to Fall Out Boy in national parks. Yeah. What's the best way to help national parks and the, the easiest way to also hurt Fall Out Boy? Throw well, money on a fire. No. <laughs> throw money at Open Skies Trading Company. Yeah. Because you're not giving it to Fall Out Boy. We should ask Alex if he likes Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I like Fall Out Boy, but, but still, our national parks take precedence. Yeah. Our national parks are this lovely, lovely patch of stuff. There's, I was going to say they're all woods, but then I realized there's some that are like just pure desert. Yeah, just yeah, pure yeah. nothing. Those are the rave ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, Look at all my bracelets, bro. Coney 2012, live strong, bro. Blaze it. Blaze it. Is this a sex party? You have a red bracelet? I think it means it's a sex party. I'm calling my mother. What does the green bracelet mean? Andrea, you've got green and purple. What? How are you do how did we raise you? My daughter's a rainbow whore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Our national parks are so important. Open Space Training Company has a lot of different things. I, I wonder if they have problematic bracelets too. I wanna find them. <laughs> But they definitely but you have gotta shirts. Blow them for them. These trees have rings. I think it's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> they say if you cut down a tree, you can count the cock rings. Anyway, oh, uh, oh. Open Skies Trading Company has shirts, stuff, posters, dog collars, anything you need to get a tree off. And uh, hey, you can use God. that dog collar in a consensual relationship to get people. Yeah. I'm just imagining a tree in leather daddy outfit. <laughs> Or, if you're Carl Weathers, you can use the dog collar as a bracelet, probably. <laughs> His hands were that big. Your fucking big-ass hands. Uh, Open Skies Training Company is one of the best. All jokes aside, they're great. They make great stuff, and every purchase that you make with them, they will donate $1 to the National Parks Foundation. God, we should research that, for sure. Now that we've done this whole Coney 2012 thing. He's just, I could see Alex jacking it in San Diego. Open Skies Trading. He would have to travel a long way to jack it in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, what? He's probably jacking it in Utah. Well, go buy Open Skies Trading Company. You can go to openskiestrading.com or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies Trading Co. Every purchase you make 
one dollar towards the national parks all the other dollars helps alex get to san diego as fast as he possibly can (laughs) anyway if you want to if you want if you actually legit if you want to blaze it with me (laughs) on the upcoming 420 blaze it uh, then you can find out where I'll be. I think I'll be in Milwaukee. We're going to be in Milwaukee on 420. Oh, no! The one place I can't blaze it! <laughs> You're going to have to blaze it on 421. I'm sure we can procure some things. Yeah. It'll be fine. I'm going to smoke that cow weed. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. They call it... They call it I was going to say, it's, string cheese? It's hay. They call it. Sure. They call it moo-a-wana. <laughs> moo-a-wana. <laughs> anyway, do you want to smoke me out of Milwaukee or... <laughs> God, that's the best place to have the munchies. I know sure. cheese curds. Oh man. my god, we're gonna get fresh cheese curds. I know a place like from where they make them. Oh, from the cows' tits. Where does utter? cheese come from? You're an utter disgrace. Yeah. What's the difference between an utter and a booby? I'm not here to judge. Uh, utter's just a super booby. <laughs> and utter is the boss that you face at the, the end boss, of the titty game. The boss titty. Boss booby. Anyway, if you wanna if you wanna play my horrendous new video game called Boss Titty, uh, you can follow me on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff. I can't even begin with how wrong all of that is. Armando is not a scientist. Let's be oh. clear. Jason Russell taught me sex ed, so. <laughs> cheese um if you want to send me cheese curds please do uh or send me your pictures of you in the early 2000s you can send those to you oh my god i, I will trade i'll trade oh, yeah my, please <laughs> I, I do have to as soon as this is done i have to show you my pink hair uh i will gladly trade those with you at page wesley on twitter or at rampage wesley on instagram if you want to send me any of your sex bracelets, uh, <laughs> I need a green one. Or just rings of wood that I can whittle to my purposes. Uh, send oh, them, <laughs> send them to me on all the things at Sundress Comic. Uh, and I, I don't whittle to my purposes. Hello, hospital. I got splinters in my puss. Can you please help me? <laughs> I'm just saying Armando's going to be gone for a while. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I got wood scratches in my snatch. <laughs> anyway. Hey, my, doctor said uh, that one, my doctor said that one's a brown bracelet. That's the one they give you for that. <laughs> oh, God. Brown bracelet is clearly anal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. I'm sorry. Uh, because of poop. Go ahead. <laughs> I want a chart. <laughs> I'll make a bracelet chart. I'll post it in the Facebook group. That's why you should join our Facebook group. Yeah, join our Facebook group. Uh, The Facebook group button, I think, is available on our website. It is. I'm adding it. It's there. By the time you hear this, it's there. Great. Uh, Go there. Also, um, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, specifically in Portland, this entire week when this episode comes out, I will be there. Go onto my social media and find out where. You can find it. I'm not going to list all the shows here. But do that. Come out. See a show. Blaze it with me. Have fun. We can blaze it on March 20th. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 420's little brother. Or I guess older brother. Much meaner brother. Much drunker brother. When's St. Patrick's Day? I don't know. You guys the 17th. Are... It's not the 20th. Anyway, if you want to if you want to if you want to follow us as a whole, uh <laughs> Don't talk about holes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give us a a blue 
a blue bracelet, which means you follow us. It means you sexually follow. Oh, no, don't like it. <laughs> I don't oh, like God. it. Let's redo. If, <laughs> if you're if you're looking forward to our Pete Wentz style selfies on our Instagram, I am not showing None people of those. my dick. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, if you follow my art account, maybe. There you go. You can see Pete Wentz's dick painted by a true artist. You can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to tell us how uncomfortable this entire episode made you at ColtPodcastShow at gmail.com. Dear Armando, very sincerely, Brad Laveau. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a I'm getting a cease and desist. And if you want to send us bracelets or wood rings or your unused Coney 2012 posters or stickers or action packs, God yes. If you have an intact Coney 2012 action pack, send it to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like, like the, the shining, shining, Los Angeles, California 90065. And if you want that information, like our email, our physical address, uh, where to contact us, or a lot more information, you can find that on our website, which is cultpodcastshow.com. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, don't drink the Surge Cola. (laughs) Jesus, Uh, what a throwback. Don't drink the Rave Juice, dog. Vintage. Vintage. Anyway, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. We're on a mission, put Uganda deep inside your mind. It needs attention and a dance to make it sparkle and shine. There